0: Welcome to the Steelers Outpost podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It is August 9th, 2020. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. And Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. A lot going on this week, Nick. Training camp is open. It has a cornucopia of stories.
1: It's heating up. There's a cornucopia of... Is it cornucopia? I've always thought it was cornucopia.
0: Is it Nuclear?
1: Yeah, it is. If Nuclear. you you know, if you want it to be, it depends. We get the message either way. Um, but I bet there's going to be even more stories coming up as these weeks progress on. And I'm to bet on that fact at BetOnline.ag. There's no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. Sports are back, everybody. Sports are back. The Penguins are not. We do not want to talk about that. But we got NBA, NHL, and obviously. NFL is right on their heels. UFC, boxing, NASCAR, so on and so forth. Long story short, everybody's resumed play. Go out there, put some scoots on the games. Let's double the intensity, double the fun, double the action in order to make up for missed time. BetOnline also has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts.
0: I need to probe. What what are scoots? Because I picture like a two-legged dog on a little roller platform like on a skateboard scooting himself forward with his front paws.
1: He's scooting those coins in your bank account. That's what's going on.
0: This is the Steelers Outpost podcast, but I need to open with a story because I live in this area. The formerly known as Washington Redskins football team released Darius Geis. This guy has had a curse career, and he... Yes, as has the Washington football team. Yeah. Can't get right.
1: Man, he came out in the same class as Saquon Barkley, and there actually were some analysts who had him more highly rated than Barkley. I'll tell you this right now. That is absolute crap. I hated that analysis whenever I saw it. Uh, and I hate it to this day. Uh, they were trying to simplify the fact that, like, oh, Saquon doesn't run in between the tackles, and we've seen guys run everywhere. Uh, Yeah, but Saquon Barkley is an alien playing football, and we've only had a couple of those ever, so he's better, but it's not insane to mention them in the same category, and I just use their comparisons to show you this guy was a star. He could do everything, power, speed, agility, catch the ball, block, and... Unfortunately, a bit of a nutcase. We used to say that as a positive for him. Now it's a negative as it shows his off-the-field antics are pretty gross. But uh, this guy had a basically a knee injury every summer when he played for Washington, very briefly. He would get a knee injury, then the next year he would come back, he would get 10 carries, he would rip off a 20-yard run on every single one of those carries, and he would have been a huge part of their team, but... Of course, in clashes like Washington fashion, looks like he's got some felony charges for domestic violence, which is very unfortunate. It Seems it goes hand in hand with these some of these running backs. Sometimes I guess you have to be so you have to be crazy enough to run into the middle of the line. Who knows how that uh, affects you that way? Um, half joking, but it is a little bit weird that we see this happen frequently with running backs. Um, but of course, do you know the the. The cherry on top of this story, Dad, is that he did injure his knee again, like shortly before he was released. <laughs> I don't know if it was a major I don't know if it was a major injury, but just like, man, it's Mr. Mr. Kneecap.
0: I don't necessarily believe in the susceptibility to injury story on some of these guys, but this does seem like this guy just cannot get and stay healthy. But neither can the Washington Redskins I'm sorry. The team formerly <laughs> known as the for Washington all of us. Redskins.
1: I the mean, Washington that, football team, I believe, is what they're going. Is what oh, we thank you. Okay.
0: okay, we've got to re-engineer some muscle memory, some 35 years of muscle memory, to get yes, me to do San that. San
1: Diego Chargers, I still call them. So,
0: let's move on to a little bit of good news. James Washington is off the reserve COVID-19 list, and it was pretty short. I thought they were going to be on there for a minimum of 10 days. He was placed on that list on August 2nd, and on Friday we found out he is ready to come back into camp.
1: He's looking ripped, slim and trim. A bunch of pictures of him from training camp from the past few days doesn't look like COVID did anything to that pure and glorious farm strength he develops by, I don't know what he does on on his dad's farm. I assume it involves hay and picking up horses or something like that. But, yeah, he looks great. Thank goodness he didn't miss any time. This is valuable time to get reps with Ben. And so the Steelers really have what, I don't know if Justin Lane is still on Pup, as a result of COVID, and maybe one other guy, right? Was it Samuels? Um, but other than that, uh, so far, knock on wood, not very affected by COVID, and one of, I believe, only three teams. Now we can make it official. Last week we talked about there were one of eight teams without anybody to, to, to opt out, but the opt out deadline has passed, and the Steelman, one of only three teams with no opt outs.
0: Pretty impressive. Let's just hope they don't get sick. But James Washington obviously doesn't want to miss any time. I don't think he's in any jeopardy. Mm-hmm. But with Clay with Claypool coming in, he's not going to get bumped out. But right. I don't think you want to take any chances. And I'm sure whatever yeah. COVID virus he had, he took every known home remedy in addition to drinking disinfectant to get rid Black of that thing as quickly solutions as
1: solutions as well. And exactly. I wouldn't even blame him as well. I think, um, but you're right. It's like, of course, he's in no uh, even remote uh, danger of being cut or anything like that. You know, furthermore, he should be a big part of the offense. But there's massive competition this year, just for touches, uh, because Claypool isn't the only new guy in town. We also have Ebron. And it's not like Ebron came in to replace Vance. Like, Vance is one of Ben's... Maybe not favorite targets the way Heath was, but they're very close. They already have a huge chemistry. And if you're James Washington, you need to be in there developing chemistry with Ben. So it is good that he didn't miss time. Now, Samuel's missing time. Uh, Whether he's missing time or not, it's actually a decent segue. The running backs competition is interesting. We mentioned last week they brought in Wendell Smallwood, who's basically just the guy, but he's performed well for the Philadelphia Eagles on national television situations from time and time again. But... You know, Ed Bouchette reported today that there is a chance that Jalen Samuels won't make the roster. And I think we've made our feelings about Jalen Samuels on the podcast known. Like, I I feel bad saying that I don't want a guy to make the roster because, of course, I want this guy to have a, a career and he's a serviceable back. But just when you talk about him in comparison to the other Steelers backs, there's a misconception about him by Pittsburgh fans. And I think it all comes down to one thing. And it was 122 yards versus New England that one day when he was running through holes that were six feet wide. But if you finally – I don't think we've had a running back go for over 25 yards against New England in 10 years. So he did that, and he endeared himself to the fans. My issue with Samuels is that he has no elite traits, none whatsoever. He's not fast. He's not strong. He's not shifty, and his hands are fine. There are plenty of other running backs who have hands as good as Samuels does, right? But they're faster and they're stronger. So the reason why this story is interesting to me because Ed Bouchette's been with the team for like 30, 40 years. I mean, he has some inside information when it comes to the Steelers. And if he's saying they're even considering the option of not, if, you know, basically leaving Samuels open to a, uh, an actual open competition for those lower end roster spots for running backs, that's a positive to me. Because I think obviously Connor, Snell, And McFarlane are locks for the roster, right? These are the guys the Steelers have put their resources into. Uh, In addition, especially with Connor and McFarlane, they really have the traits for NFL backs. They have power. They have bursts. They have a lot of things. Snell seems like he showed I still need to see him take that traditional Steelers second year Evolu- Steelers running back, second year Evolution. Both Le'Veon and Connor both slimmed down and got a lot faster uh, from year one to year two. So that's what one you see from Snell. But he's the other guy that has some traits. He's got that power. Now the bottom three, Smallwood, Kareth White. As of course, you guys know that we are the official Kareth White podcast. And Samuels, they should be competing for that last spot. Now, Smallwood and, and, and Samuels are extremely similar. So they might come down to if one of them gets injured or not, or if one of them... Yeah, you can't have a big preseason game. Maybe that would have been the distinguishing factor between the two of them, but we have no preseason games. I, of course, am rooting for White just because his he has an elite trait. is his burst and his speed. And it's not only elite compared to Smallwood and Samuels. He's much faster. Now, we haven't seen McFarlane, but he's much faster than Connor and Snell. And he actually offers something that those top three guys who are pretty similar uh, don't offer. So, I hope that that is going to be an actual open competition. Who knows if White will be a good enough blocker or if he's really a good enough player in general. We only had a small sample size. But I like the fact that the Steelers aren't just automatically sticking with people that they drafted. They're going to play the best guy.
0: Uh, I was trying to track all that. Did you mention Trey Edmonds?
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. I did not mention Trey Edmonds.
0: Does he stay for uh, special teams?
1: Well, I mean... I mean you have seven
0: I, guys you have to fit. Or, or, I mean, do you think they'll carry three running backs who, who potentially will be playing on game day, activated running backs, plus one for the, the roster, special teams? Did the
1: game day roster get upped by two people this yeah. year? Is that an effect? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if yeah. he would be that guy or not. Um, but whoever it is, I mean, he might be in the running because it's going to be a guy with special teams value, I would assume.
0: In addition to your stable of guys who are going to actually play running back.
1: Right. He's just a guy, though, at running back, obviously.
0: So game day total roster size can be up to 55 players.
1: Either way, uh, it is exciting to see that there's competition, there's competition in another position as well when we're talking about quarterback for the backup quarterback. I am annoyed that they've sort of anointed Rudolph as the the designated second string guy instead of making a competition between him and Duck and I I guess Paxton Lynch. But I also understand where they're coming from. They're really trying to justify their investment in him and they're trying to build, you need to make sure he has the confidence uh, to go out there and to do his thing. Uh, I don't think that he has that much more upside than duck that's the thing it's like you could say that about paxton lynch this guy's a first round pick Uh, he's got much more physical talent than those two guys but he's been such a disaster anytime he's gone into games you know he's out of that running but i i wish that they would make it more obvious that rudolph and duck should be competing against each other i mean their arms are similar duck's a little bit more mobile but he's not a you know not a mobile guy. Rudolph might be a little bit better with some downfield passing or like his aggression passing down the field, but physically, one guy is just taller. So I wish that they would make that a little bit more of an open competition, but Matt Canada, new addition, uh, is he officially coaching the quarterbacks? Is he officially the quarterback's coach, or is he just like an offensive assistant? No, I think quarterback's he's co- coach, Yeah, right? quarterback's coach. And yeah. obviously more on him later when it comes to his role in the full offense, but Canada did say that he's really happy every single one of the quarterbacks in camp, you know, outside of JT Barrett, I guess, has playing experience, starting experience. Duck, Rudolph, and Lynch have all started at some point, and that just makes for a better quarterback room because Ben might be able to bounce more ideas off of them that way, not that they're going to, you know— tell him something he doesn't know, but at least they know what to look for that way. And I thought about this, Dad. You know when everybody made a big stink about Ben saying he wasn't, like, wasn't going to help Rudolph take his job, basically? Uh, and, of course, made that into a story because it's Ben and we're going to spin everything negative. I bet you the quarterback room is a lot more. I think he likes Rudolph more now. That he stunk up the joint last year And Ben realized, like, this guy's not taking my job Like, the only way this guy gets my job is if I give it to him So maybe that creates a little bit more harmony Because I think that that was one of the reasons why Charlie and him worked so well Is there was never any chance of Charlie taking his job
0: But didn't Ben see Mason in practice for two years? Like, why, what did it take? It took him seeing him on the field to make that assessment Anyway, no no no, way, no, no, no,
1: no, no, that's a good point. But I don't, th- I don't think that matters. It's like it matters what the fans and the coaches and the public think as well. Of course he sees anyone that's coming in and be like, "What this guy can't even throw half as fast or as far as I can or, or do any of the things I can do, really. Ben can remember when he's a rookie. Like, Mason Rudolph isn't even the same universe as, as rookie Ben. So, of course, he knows that. But I bet there's a little bit more comfort now n- knowing he doesn't have to hear all the NFL Network stories about, oh, did they just draft Ben's successor because everyone's pretty much gotten off that train.
0: I think it had to be more that I'm not done yet. Not that he could get beat out, but, like, I'm not even close. By the way, this right. quietly happened, so JT Barrett was, was let Barrett. go last week. Barrett, oh, right, sorry. He, was like,
1: he, was, he was let go. I guess I was referring to, uh, like, the, the, the people who were initially there. JT Barrett gets let go and picked up about eight times a summer for the Steelers, so that's part of the course. Did we talk last week? It's blurring together in this summertime about Ben's comments, about, no, we didn't. Ben gave his, so we have big news this week because we had Tomlin interviews and Ben interviews. Ben says he wants Lombardies. Lombardies. We want multiple Lombardies. We want Daddy Lombardi, Grandpa Lombardi, and little baby Joe Lombardi. We're taking them all. He sounds renewed. Okay, so he gave his first interview to the media. It was a 19-minute interview. You know, a couple days back, at the top of the interview, he expressed some nerves. He said, "Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a little bit nervous before this interview. I haven't uh, been in the habit of." I'm not in the routine of giving these interviews with you guys, so just forgive me if I pause a little bit more and think of my answers a little bit more carefully. Ha, ha, ha. And then he gave the robot politician laugh that he sometimes resorts to. Um, but if, if one thing is clear this summer, between that interview what the reporters have been saying about seeing him uh, during practice, what all the receivers have been saying. It sounds like we legitimately have a renewed Ben Roethlisberger who now in that interview kind of cracked the door open on playing past his current contract and wanting to play longer with the Steelers that we have all assumed it's just going to be two years and done. Um, So some of this can just be, of course, assumed as conjecture, like, isn't any team going to say that about any veteran quarterback when they come back from a year off, right? Like, Oh, he's renewed. It seems legitimate. And you and I, we cover, we, we cover every damn, we're not at the practices, but every day we're looking at Steelers news for, you know, since before Ben got here, you can tell the difference. You can also tell the difference in the damn guy's body. I mean, his, his slim and trim uh, situation he's got going on right now is noticeable and the receivers notice it, the way he's talking, the fact that he uh, opened the door on playing past his current contract, which, by the way, I hope all that means is that he continues to play great and he ends up retiring as Steeler. The one silver lining about kind of thinking that he was going to retire at the end of this contract was like, oh, of course we don't have to go through what Tampa Bay's going through and what we went through with Franco all those years ago when I was just a thought in the back of your teenage mind. I don't know. But... You know this guy can't go anywhere else but uh it is interesting to see how renewed he is and apparently he's been slinging the ball around there do you think that that's real do you think that do you put any stock into that i guess it would be my question like is there a renewed thing or or did, does that count for anything for you
0: absolutely and for two reasons a he had a lot of time off to watch football that can't can of. uh done anything but spark. You could go two ways, right? You could say, ah, this isn't so bad. Cheese doodles, right. no working out, nothing to do in August. And he's also been sequestered at home. I know he says he loves his children and his wife. He does.
1: <laughs>
0: does he want to spend 24-7 with them for 365 days? Probably not. So he comes in with renewed spirit. I'm looking That's at right. a picture of him right now, and yeah, absolutely. doesn't have that. I don't think he's ever... He was not quite husky, but he had a little bit of a middle no, even he's with husky. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, yeah he's and I wonder if he did something different. I mean was uh, his rehab different? I mean, obviously he had to work on the elbow, but I just wonder if there's some aerobic yeah. core thing he adopted which was a discovery for him.
1: So it's two things. One thing we can just infer, right, is that the past two camps, maybe three camps, he has actually come in slimmer the past few years. The first time when he was doing something past the elliptical and everything, right? He has admitted, he told Chris Sims when Chris Sims interviewed him last year at training camp, by the way, with an enormous bag of ice on his elbow – that we didn't, that we played off, and and Sims asked about, and he played it off as well. Uh, turned out it was a bigger deal than even Ben thought, than any of us thought, right? But he told Sims he doesn't throw in the offseason because Sims and uh, Chris Sims and Phil Sims are phenomenal analysts of quarterback mechanics, and quarterback mechanics are immensely crucial. I mean, that's the reason why guys like Brady and Breeze, who aren't supremely athletic, I mean Bree's a little bit more athletic than Brady, this is the reason why they can thrive because it's not all just your arm, it's your feet but also how your arm works in conjunction with your body and that's why a guy like Aaron Rodgers isn't losing much off of his thousand mile per hour fastball, you know, past 15 years into his career or whatever it is because the, the motion works so well whereas Phillip Rivers, who we all know has a completely janky motion looks like he's throwing a hacky sack or something or a potato just the rivers, the potato launcher of Indianapolis. Now his arm strength is really degrading because he puts so much wear and tear into that arm. If you throw correctly, you're using kind of your entire body and you should be able to kind of throw like that forever. Like till you're an old man. So Sims was noting like Ben, you just have perfect form when it comes to, to playing quarterback. And, and a lot of those guys, by the way, were great baseball players and so on and so forth. You can just throw a ball. So he says, what do you do to work on your form in the off season? And Ben does that thing that annoys me a little bit uh, when he kind of plays like this, oh, shucks character, like where he, he goes a little too hard in that direction uh, where he's just like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't really throw in the, the, I don't throw in the offseason. The only guy I throw to is my son. <laughs> he's four years old. <laughs> like, all right, Ben, we get it. But he's telling the truth. He doesn't throw in the offseason. He goes, yeah, I'm trying to get away from all that stuff. And then every year when I come into camp, I kind of tweak it and r- figure out how to throw again. Which, by the way, is one of the reasons why we love Ben Roethlisberger. I try to tell you, we need to frame this story a little bit better. This is Babe Ruth. This is a guy having a beer after the game and coming back in and legitimately just being so unbelievably talented that he can just get it done. Now, thank goodness it looks like he's turning the corner on that because he can't get away with that anymore. And yes, of course, who knows? we'll never know what, what he could have accomplished if, if he didn't, you know, if he played more like Breeze and Brady. But who knows? Maybe that's. How his game works it's a it's tied to his laissez-faire lifestyle (laughs) but let's get back to the point here which is that he admitted to sims he doesn't throw in the offseason and so he said this year uh in addition to our inference that he has been taking training more seriously the past two years this year he actually had to throw the whole time because he had to get hit not the whole time but since when his arm got better because he needed to get his arm rehabbed in addition to that he usually, he doesn't get to train as much. No players get to train as much during the NFL season because you're constantly recovering. So that's why you'd see Le'Veon Bell get up to 26 abs uh, in preseason because he's trying to prepare for that season. This time, Ben never had an offseason. You know, he got injured and he kept having a rehab the whole entire year long. So he didn't have this five, six month long stretch where you lose some of that progress. So it looks like he just gained a lot from being injured. And I think that's the reason that He said um, he has trimmed down so much as that he didn't have an off season.
0: Speaking of um, sticking around and retiring from the team, did you see the? It was, I guess, a reunion picture of the defensive line with Casey Hampton. I didn't see a reunion. They
1: they always post stuff, but I don't know—is it a recent one?
0: Uh, Well, you're uh, more up to date than I. But it had Aaron Smith. It had the beard. Yeah. And Harrison there. I've still, I mean, he's kind of out of the news. He's in my Twitter feed and I see him, you know, pushing his lifting things and pushing his products. But, you know, given the rift between him and the Steelers, he still seems to show up here a lot.
1: Yeah. He's, he, he didn't seem to fall into the Bradshaw, Paul Malu thing where he hates them. I think, I think he kind of got over it and he's very close to those, to the guys on the, on the, on those legendary teams. And then whenever he's on segments on con cowards show or whoever else's show, he is generally positive about the Steelers. He keeps it real, but he doesn't seem to be biased against them, and that way like, like Bradshaw is with like Bradshaw has been. It seems like he's turned the corner a little bit on Ben and Tomlin, but sometimes it was like, oh, anything about Ben and Tomlin, Terry would spin in a negative direction.:
0: You mentioned it, Tomlin before and his interview, so he had several things to say, one of them about Ben.
1: Yeah, the one thing that actually was a little bit concerning is he did say he hasn't seen that Ben super tight spiral yet. He said Ben's been throwing great. Uh, all the receivers have been praising him out of their mind, which, of course, we know it's in the receiver's best interests.
0: They're conflicted.
1: They are a little conflicted. But, you again, you can tell the difference when they're telling the truth or not. And by the way, there's video. So we've seen Ben throw. He looks he looks just like Ben. It looks great. Uh, there's no way to totally tell unless you are legitimately there in person. It's just impossible to capture that on camera. Uh, but Tomlin said that he's completely confident in him, and the only thing he hasn't seen is that super tight spiral he's used to seeing from Ben. So that is something to keep an eye on. That would worry me. You get some of that spiral from the flick with the wrist and the elbow, which, of course, is reconstructed at this point. And... Um, like, this could just be, Ben hasn't really thrown in a while. I mean, obviously he's been throwing during the rehab process, but you do probably have to rearrange your relationship with throwing the ball when you get a new body part, which is the anchor that is attached to his elbow to repair the three torn ligaments, the three out of five torn bands that he uh, had surgically repaired, over the, over the off-season. So we'll see if that means something or, um, or not, but it is the first thing that I've heard that indicates, oh, crap, it might not be all the way back.
0: Well, you know, they just sliced right through those uh, three tendons that was part of the reconstructive surgery. That's I would have right. thought, you know, you don't, you don't want to see that, especially at a guy his age, but I would think the physical aspect the slicing is not as big a deal as the mental aspect and, you know, just getting back to game speed. But I don't think that, you know, I, that he did pass the first test based on at least the eye test to be able to physically be able to throw a ball.
1: Right. And, that, and that's positive. I mean, I imagine slicing through three bands or tendons or whatever it is must be very painful. And that's how he expressed it. You know what else is painful? Slicing your nutsack. Thanks to Manscaped. That's a thing of the past, baby. Listen, we're talking about Manscaped here. Precision tools for your family jewels. I'm not going to go too far into this. Does it amuse any of you that a son has to read this copy whilst doing a podcast with his father? Well, you know what? Men, fathers, tell your sons, get Manscaped. You want girls to like them? Well, I hope that they're not parading that stuff around. But long story short, we're modern. Okay? It's 2020. Clean it up down there. This is a reflection of you as a human being. But there's no point in trying to clean that up with an old rusty hacksaw or some, you know, plastic disposable YMCA gym razor. Why don't you use precision tools from the future that have been beautifully designed and engineered to make it impossible for even the clumsiest of men to damage the property and the shearing process. Okay, they're waterproof. They got bombs, anti-chafing creams, so on and so forth. You spend a long day out in the sun. You know, apply some of that stuff. Smells good, looks good, feel good, play good, right? Best part is you get 20% off and of free shipping if you use that code armchair at manscaped.com. And that helps us out as well. We'll enable Armchair to continue to be a sponsor of the Steelers Outpost podcast and uh, all the rest of the Armchair All-Americans podcasts. Get 20% off and of free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Bombs? 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 And it comes
0: with b- bombs. Oh, damn oh, it. I, Balmas. I'll, I'll bet they're gonna, I bet they're going to love that.
1: Oh, yeah. It comes with bombs. But uh, that was my problem when I used to tell you how much I loved Marshall Falk, but I couldn't say the. I just wouldn't pronounce the L <laughs> growing up. It's like, oh, the one stealer I love, Marshall Falk. <laughs> you guys ain't. You're not saying it right. Kept tossing you it out was of the amazing. house. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Back to Tomlin, I guess, right? What? Anything else of note in his press or to you? He did talk about that he's not super confident about uh, COVID, obviously, which seems like common sense. But Thank it you. is interesting because yeah. other well, other coaches are saying they're completely confident. They're like, hey, we're six feet apart in the room, and we're going to be Based all right. On- so it is interesting that he said something.
0: Everybody's conflicted. Come on, nobody knows anything. Of course guys are going to get COVID. The question is, are they going to get sick? So do the best you can, and let's see. And their predictions really to me are meaningless and I mean wh- this is why these these pressers give me I know you sort of picked this thing about Ben I appreciate him being honest about look he's not he's not perfect yet right. I mean we just started training camp the other thing he said that I do think uh, is true and what I expected he praised the condition of the veterans who came into camp what yeah. you expect I mean this is these guys' jobs they know it's you know it's super competitive and I just I don't know, maybe this is just the homer and me, feel like everybody feels like this is a Super Bowl window and they're going to put everything into this this season.
1: Yeah, it could be the homer in both of us, but I think we've seen enough of this and I follow enough of the other teams, basically all of them, to see that it is true, you know? You have guys, <laughs> Pouncey and Ben, were at the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, Pouncey on the sidelines, you know, but... There are remnants from a, a glorious time that are still on the team. And then there are younger guys who have experienced some extremely high highs. And you have a Watt. You have a couple Watts, actually, who would like to live up to some of the stuff their, their, um, their brother has done, so on and so forth. Long story short, like there's great veteran leadership on the Steelers. We know they have the perfect mix of veteran players and leadership but young talent so that they're not the quote-unquote old and slow Steelers that Warren Sapp pointed out four or five years ago, right? The so, And then on top of it, you have the legendary franchise quarterback who is, of course, on his last leg. Now, hopefully it's, it's, it's a little bit longer of a leg than we thought it was, but the team's going to get blown up. The team also has all the potential in the world. We've seen them perform against the best teams in the NFL over the past few years, and it's the Steelers. This is what they do. So... I do agree there's a there's a sense of focus. I think even last year, doing so poorly has set them up for a better focus this year because you want to prove people wrong, right? Like, just Juju getting so maligned and dragged over the coals over the last year when he was supposed to ascend into being one of the most popular number one receivers in the NFL, he has to make a comeback as well. So people, even the young guys, have things to prove. Deontay Johnson is being left off of every single list in the offseason of best second-year receivers. People don't know who this guy is, and he's a potential star, right? So I do agree there is an advantage the Steelers have in that veteran leadership because that's what you're going to need, and that's what you needed in the COVID times when teams weren't able to work out with each other. You needed people holding, uh, the the veterans holding the younger guys to a certain standard and a certain example. If I had to uh, bet if that's going to pay off, for the Steelers this year, I'd bet the house, and I'd bet at BetOnline.ag Sports World's back, baby. Football's back, baby. Here comes that Ben. Run- <laughs> that was a really annoying way to say that. I'm sorry, everybody. That sounded like uh, Tom Haverford from Parks and Recreation. There's a lot of nasal in that one, but my point still stands. Sports are back. Let's make some money off of it while we're doing it. We got NFL, NBA. Don't bet on the NHL right now because it's too sad for us Pittsburgh fans to even think about. UFC, we got everything, all right? Hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. We
0: turn our attention now to the new acquisition we mentioned earlier in the show, Matt Canada, Steelers' quarterback coach. So we're seeing him a lot more active, and especially I got a lot out of the Randy Fechner, Fechner. Fechner. interview last yeah. week. I mean, we were both hopeful that like he's just going to coach Mason and Duck. That's going to be his whole job. He's not going to have any input, but it seems like he'll have a, a broader influence.
1: I agree, and I think there was a segment of Steelers' reporters or tweeters who really try to downplay his hiring when he got brought on. And I understand where they're coming from because a lot of Steelers fans will get carried away and think, Oh, this is a revolutionary change. He's going to be the phantom coordinator and Feetner is not going to be calling plays because we're all worried about that. So I understand where the reporters are coming from trying to downplay that. But I think they downplayed it a little bit too much. You and I were both excited. This resembled when the Steelers hired Terrell Austin, the offseason before, right, to be a defensive assistant coach who had a lot of uh, successful secondary coaching and defensive coordinating in Cincinnati. And we would seen them have some phenomenal play in the secondary uh, back there over, you know, the modern Steelers era with Ben. And we'll never be able to quantify what he helped do for the Steelers. Um, But, you know, the defense did improve dramatically. It helps getting an all-pro safety back there. But he was brought in for a reason. Matt Canada even more so – And more specifically, the thing that's interesting about him is his modern, his embracing of modern trends in offense. So there has been some reports saying, uh, from some of the receivers, I think Vance or Deontay was saying, so far we've been utilizing a lot more motion and a lot more misdirection with Matt Canada. And... I'll give you the disclaimer that, of course, every offseason we hear they're going to do some brand new thing, and then sometimes, you know, D'Angelo Williams and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield at the same time. We're going to see that. which, By the way, thank God they never did. You and I were very vocal about, like, what do you... Just give it to Le'Veon. Like, what are you doing? Or put a guy who can block in there. Like, they do the same thing. That's redundant. But you heard a lot about that. They tried it in the first game. It predictably did nothing, and they abandoned it for the rest of the season, thankfully. So I am acknowledging that Matt Canada's influx of motion and trickery could just be we're trying this right now and then when we get into the game situations maybe we kind of revert back to what we used to do but i'm very encouraged by this development and i hope that it does actually you know stick around with the studio's offense because in the nfl right now you know warren sharp is a great purveyor of these offensive trends based on analytics, but also from tape, right? And if you look at the top five offenses in the NFL every year, and it's almost invariably always the Saints and the Patriots are are in that list, you know, with their Hall of Fame quarterbacks and their uh, Hall of Fame offensive game planning, right? If you look at the top five offenses every year, they always are like top five or six in motion and misdirection and play action as well. Because the modern game, that's a way to get people open. I mean, so right now, I would guess it's going to be the 49ers, whose entire team is based off of the run, by the way. You think of an offensive juggernaut, oh, it must be passed. No, it's based off of the zone running. And all that zone running creates misdirection opportunities, right? The Rams were the same way when they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. They weren't like some high-flying, passing pocket-passing offense. They were misdirection. It was jet sweeps. It was screen passes. It was play action to the right, giant throwback all the way to the left to wide open people. And, of course, you see the same thing from the Saints and the Patriots and from Andy Reid and the Chiefs, who aren't as uh, tricky with it, but they have tons of motion. And that's what you need to do in the NFL now. And the Steelers are bottom barrel in these categories. Now, one thing the Steelers have been decent with is, is since the Todd Haley era is they switch around their formations nicely, and they were pretty phenomenal at moving Antonio Brown around to find ways to get him the ball, whereas there are other receivers like Odell Beckham Jr. who got screwed in New York. By, they were like, hey, you just have to line up in the same place every time. Like, it's hard to get those stars open, and the Steelers were good at that. But we know that they're, if not dead last in play action, second to last in play action every single year. And we've wondered, why the hell don't they do it, right? Why don't they QB sneak? The instant they start QB sneaking after us yelling about it for 10 years, they start converting first downs. So if the Steelers can get away from the, hey, it's the killer bees era. Let's just let them get out there and wing it. If they let them get away from that and get towards more of the, maybe let's game plan based on the defense we're playing to try and create some mismatch opportunities, especially with the weird, crazy, gigantic mix of receivers the Steelers have, you know, a bunch of big guys, that could result in some huge gains because the Steelers haven't been doing that and they've had a very good offense. Obviously, we know that that's mostly due to the crazy talent they've had, but this could be a really welcome development and something to keep an eye on. Not saying Canada's the phantom coordinator, but I like that Tomlin and Feetner have been open, uh, and Ben have been open To evolving the offense in that way Even though if it's taken too long It would be a huge advantage
0: Happy birthday Ulysses Gilbert Which brings up a very unhappy thought That I had this week No, Not that I don't wish him the best On uh, August 9th here, his birthday Sure Understanding that all these Reporters have to come up with stories Kabali With the headline If we lose Devin Bush Basically kiss the season goodbye (laughs) Did you read
1: that? I did read that
0: Yes, we actually, we've, we've seen that happen, and thank yeah. you. Very, like, Don't bring the party down so early, I know.
1: man. I know, right? We know. We know. If Minka goes down, we're done. If Ben goes down, we're done. Every NFL team, except for two or three per year, have that situation. You know, the Ravens and the Niners are so loaded and so deep. And then you think of someone like the Chiefs, was like, as long as it's not Patrick Mahomes— they will be okay. (laughs) Having a historic uh, force of nature playing quarterback for them, and then the Ravens just, you know, having such incredible trench play, you'll be able to make it happen, right? But every team is a couple players away. Uh, Yes, Devin Bush getting injured would be really bad, uh, but I try not to think of any of our players getting injured, and I hope, you know, we're all hoping, as we do every year, there's a Steelers linebacker, a late-round guy who we're excited about, Ulysses Gilbert, having that what is it, 4-4 four, four speed? I mean, of course he's that guy. He's, he flashed in his very, very limited time last preseason. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he steps it up. But, of course, there's some, there's some thin areas on every team, and middle linebacker would be one, but who knows? I think they'll stay healthy, and then hopefully Gilbert will be able to slowly uh, work his way into potency that we're hoping for <laughs> Expect a lot more this
0: week. Visit the website, Steelers Check us out on Instagram at Steelers outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers outpost or shoot us an email at Steelers at gmail.com. Thanks for listening until next week. Go Steelers.
1: Okay, there are some things that are too good to keep a secret.